Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I also want to thank my scholarship committee, uh, Bob White, Maureen Moscato, and the late Ann Parsons. And I want to thank Vivian's mom, Monica, for coming this weekend to accompany Vivian to help out volunteer. You've been great. Um, I, I, I've watched you guys just basically embrace this whole thing. And I have no doubt that you will be great members of ACB NY and hopefully your local chapter of the Greater New York Council and become an integral part of this organization moving forward. Hi. Okay. So we're back. Congratulations uh, to our scholarship winner. Um, I can tell you she was very active and interacting with all the people here. And it was a great pleasure getting to know you. Um, so the next part of our presentation, um, Jean Mann has some uh, tributes she's going to talk about. And I'm just going to hand the mic to her because she's much better at this part than I am. Um, so here's Jean Mann. First, I want to say hi to my friend, Dan Spoon. Hi, Dan. You didn't hear me. Hello. Hi, Jean. Hi, Dan. <laughs> hi, Karen. <laughs> okay, now we have to get serious. The Paul Sauerland Memorial Award was established, established by ACDNY at its 2008 annual convention to honor the memory of our longtime member, Paul Sauerland, who was a lifelong champion of myriad causes promoting the health, welfare, education, vocational training, employment, and rights of people who are blind or visually impaired throughout New York State and the United States. Paul was an avid and highly skilled Braille reader who used Braille in all aspects of his daily personal and professional life. The um, Paul Sauerland Award is being given posthumously this year to Ann Parsons. As they asked me to do this because I figured I wouldn't get emotional. <laughs> um, as all of you know, or most of you know, Ann passed away about two weeks ago from uh, fighting cancer for a very long time. So I was asked to read something by um, her friends, Mary Beth and Audrey. For more than 40 years, Ann Parsons Parson spent much of her time teaching adults and younger students about the advantages of becoming proficient in Braille. Always an avid reader, Ann could attest from personal experience about how influential Braille literacy had been in her own life and career. Anne credited Braille with enabling her to attain both a bachelor's and a master's degree. In addition, Anne waged a personal campaign to ensure that her blind colleagues and peers became accurate spellers and correct grammarians, and boy, did she ever. Anne's commitment to helping other blind people attain literacy extended far beyond the borders of the United States. On two trips to India, and transcribed, and she keeps dividing words here, transported braille literature and equipment in order to enable both teachers and students 
from schools for the blind to attain familiarity with current assistive technology. One of Anne's last wishes was that her personal braille collection be utilized by other blind people. It is therefore an honor to bestow on Ann Parsons the Paul J. Sauerland Award. My only regret is that due to her recent death, Ann is not here to receive this award in person. Nevertheless, the monetary portion of the award will be donated to a charity listed in Ann's obituary. And the board will discuss how much we will send and to which charity it will go. So, um, and rest in peace, and thank you all very much. So I want, um, I asked Jean to do that. Um, Anne became a very good friend of mine, and we didn't announce it, we didn't talk about it, we didn't flaunt it. But there's three people in this organization that will give me the what for when I deserve it. And one of them is Jean Mann. The other one, of course, is Carlene Fiorello. But very quietly and very respectfully, Ann Parsons was the first one to call me out when she thought I needed it. But she was also one of the first people to stand in support and stand behind me when she knew I needed somebody. I thank her for the things that she's taught me and this organization. Okay, so with that, um, we do have uh, our keynote speaker today, who we were hoping could have been here in person. Um, but as the world turns and the world we live in, it just wasn't possible. But, um, you know, it is my honor, and um, I'm really looking forward to this presentation our ACB president, Mr. Dan Spoon. Well, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Ian, uh, Jean. Uh, thoughts go out to Ann for all of her contributions, not only to ACB of New York, but also ACB and all of her friends. She will truly, truly be missed. And um, I really thank you, Karen and Ian, for inviting me to speak here today. I'm so uh, sorry I could not be there in person. Uh, I will kind of share briefly my story there uh, related to that. So Leslie and I were, uh, you know, uh, had planned to come and be there in person. And life sometimes gets in the way, which then makes you reflect about life itself. And so, uh, Leslie and I had flown down to Key West on August 11th uh, to uh, spend, you know, a couple of weeks of vacation after the convention and, and uh, you know, hoping to get ready for the big uh, vote for, for everybody to have an opportunity to participate in future elections on the 14th and 15th and then relax and take a few days off and we flew down on the 11th and arrived in Key West from Orlando, which is about 350 miles away. So it's about an hour and something flight. Uh, Key West, most of you all probably know this, but it's 180 miles south of Miami. So it's way down there. It's only 90 miles from Cuba. 
<laughs> so it's out in the middle of the ocean. And we arrived and uh, unpacked our bags, carried the bags up to the rooms, went and got a slice of pizza. And we're sitting at uh, a happy hour talking to the musician, Michael Moon, that we know very well from our trips down there and, and drinking a Diet Coke. We were really whooping it up. And all our, our phones started going off and going crazy, her phone and my phone. And it was two of my cardiologists trying to get a hold of me to let me know that test results that had taken over a week ago had come back and I had um, significant blockage in my arteries and I needed to go immediately to an emergency room, which when you're down in Key West, Florida, that's not real easy to do. Uh, they don't really do cardiac procedures uh, in the Keys. You have to go back up to Miami and they have to helivac you to Miami. And so, we called uh, a doctor down there and got some advice and he told us just to rest comfortably that evening and then go back uh, and, we, and we'd evaluate in the morning. So needless to say, Leslie and I didn't spend much time sleeping that night. Uh, it was a very, uh, very kind of <laughs> stressful to say the least, but in the morning, um, I never felt bad. I never had any symptoms, no shortness of breath, no tightness in my chest, uh, you know, pains, any of that. And so, um, the next day, the doctor advised us to go ahead and rather than helivac to Miami to fly back home to Orlando. So, flew back home to Orlando. My sister met us at the airport that afternoon, drove me straight to the emergency room. And the next day, they did a, uh, put a stent in, in my main, um, uh, LA, LAD artery there, which was fairly significantly blocked. So I'm feeling fine. Everything is okay. But I only share that with you all because what that really, those type of experiences um, make you take a moment and think, think about your life, think about, you know, what's important to you. And, you know, it, to me, it kind of really summed up to, to three three basic things is you need someone to love, you know, uh, if you're family, friends, but that's really important in your life. You need to enjoy life and laugh and have a good time and really value the time you have. And then third, you need a purpose. And what became very clear to me is that my purpose right now, one of my main purposes in life is the American Council of the Blind, and what it means for us as a community, as a family, uh, to be able to work together to change the to change the lives of of those that we care about, our blind and low vision friends and colleagues, and those maybe that we don't even know, but we know that with our efforts, we can truly, truly make a difference. So, first, tonight, I want to kind of build on that uh, theme and, and, you know, again, apologize for not being there. Good news is the, the doctor here last week has now, the, he's, he's cleared me for, for future travel uh, in, in the future. So, uh, we may get back out on the road here again in, in December. And we had our booster shots on Wednesday, so we, we feel like we're now... Uh, pretty good shape uh, related to, you know, the pandemic. So, um, 
you know, I apologize for not being there today in person, but uh, glad that we could be here uh, virtually due to the wonders of, of Zoom and the technology. And I want to give a special shout out to uh, ACB Media, uh, to Tyson, to Rick, uh, uh, to Cecily, uh, and really thank them for all of their hard efforts in broadcasting the ACB NY convention this weekend. Uh, while two others are going on as well. So three conventions plus a get up and get moving a dance party. So ACB Media has been very busy. And I first want to just step back a little over two years and, and try to reflect on where we've, where we've moved here since a little bit before the Rochester Convention, the last in-person convention in New York two years ago. Yay! Uh, boy, do we long for having an opportunity to get back together, hopefully again this year in Omaha, July 1st through the 8th. But as we reflect on that, I was thinking how our staff with the American Council of Blind has changed since the beginning of 2019. We brought on Clark Rackful that you all had an opportunity to meet in person this weekend. What I dynamic, uh, just well-rounded, well-educated, just fun guy to be around and so articulate and such a wonderful advocate for the American Council of the Blind. And then we brought, in, brought on Cindy Hollis to be our membership services coordinator. And then a year later, Colby Garrison to be her community assistant. We have brought on Swatha Nandakumar uh, to be the new uh, individual advocate under specialist underneath Clark. We've welcomed Tony Stevens back as our development director and hired Jennifer Flat as our communications manager. And we've promoted JoLynn Bailey Page to be our audio description project coordinator and grant writer. And we've hired Rick Morin as a contractor in our ACB media network. And so the, and we've also brought on a new administrative assistant in Debbie Brown in the Alexandria office and given Kelly Gask an opportunity to be promoted into the communications area where she can really take advantage of her uh, graphic skills and uh, her social media skills. And so it's amazing to see how ACB as a staff has grown uh, over the last two and a half years and the contributions they're making to our organization. So I just want to take a moment and thank Eric Bridges, Nancy Becker, and their teams for just all their hard work. And oh, I should never forget Erica, um, um, Erica Keller, who's our new HR uh, specialist who helps with our ACB thrift stores as well as managing uh, some of our fundraising efforts like the monthly monetary support program and the auction uh, and others. So thanks to Erica as well. So what a wonderful staff we've been able to bring together here over the last two and a half years. I'm really, really excited at how the board has moved forward and made those things happen. But what I wanted to talk about tonight, you guys are going to laugh, maybe, I hope. I want to talk about Gumby. Does everybody remember Gumby? <laughs> that little green thing that moved and twisted and laughed and had a great time. 
I want to tell you that I think ACB has a little Gumby in them, and I want to share that with you all tonight. So, what makes somebody Gumby, right? What, it's, it's flexibility. It's the ability to kind of move and react and change and, and do it in a good spirit, do it with a lot of fun and laughter and, uh, you know, in a good spirit. And I think that's where ACB is at right now. We're in a good Gumby place. So the G in Gumby, I love to spell out these words and kind of have some meaning for each letter. So the G in Gumby to me stands for go for it. Be Gumby, go for it, take a chance. And I want to kind of share with you maybe a personal story in my life where I think I was able to, to be bold and, and take a chance. And then maybe the same type of uh, situation that happened inside of ACB. So for me personally, my go for it Gumby moment was when I graduated from college. I had you know, gone to the University of Florida. I'd got an undergraduate degree in uh, finance, a master's in business administration, concentrating in accounting. I just knew I was going to get a job at a a big eight accounting firm or a big bank or a petroleum company, you know, interviewed with Exxon. I interviewed with Price Waterhouse, all these wonderful Fortune 50 companies. And of course, was turned down by all of them because it was 1981. And who was going to hire a blind guy to do that kind of work, right? So I ended up uh, at the age of 24 opening up. Uh, a pizza restaurant with my high school friend, Jerry Lingelbach. We didn't know anything about making pizzas, uh, but my college roommate's family owned a pizza restaurant. So Lou Nostro and his family taught Jerry Lingelbach and myself how to make pizzas. And after three months of training, we opened up our own pizza place. We called it DG's Pizza, D-I-G-I, because... Spoon and Lingelbach didn't sound very Italian, so we tried our best by calling it DG's Pizza. And, um, you know, we got started. We had never done anything like this before. Uh, first thing I saw was an ad in the paper for a, for a freezer for $50. So, we, uh, I said, Jerry, are you ready to make the get big purchase and get going? He said, sure, Dan, let's go for it. So, we, we pulled our money. We put, we, between us, we got $12,000 together to get started. And our first purchase was a freezer down the street, three blocks for $50. So I walked the dolly down there, put the freezer on the dolly, and Jerry and I wheeled it back to our garage and we were in business. Well, five months later, we had a lease. We had a built-out pizza restaurant uh, and we were we were in business. We had, you know, the old Baker Pride pizza ovens. We had a big cooler to keep all our dough. And we had a mixer uh, that I'd gotten from my uncle. It was about 50 years old, an old Hobart mixer. And we were, we were making pizzas and subs and delivering food and having a great time. And uh, I learned so much through that experience. I learned uh, I learned about employees. I learned about marketing. I learned about inventory control. I, you know, it, it was a wonderful experience for somebody just out of college. 
came with a lot of risk. And, you know, we were working 80 hours a week and paying ourselves $125. So we weren't making a whole lot of money, but we didn't need a whole lot of money. And, uh, you know, it built up over time. And that was just a wonderful experience for me coming right out of college and proving to myself as a low vision person with my retinitis pigmentosis and my, my blindness that I could you know, I could do this. I could, I could be in business and make a profit. And it was really a wonderful experience. And I think ACB has really showed this same characteristic here in the last two and a half years when we kind of went for it when the pandemic hit. Here we were in the March of 2020. Uh, it looked we were going to have the board met. We had to cancel our convention. Uh, first time in the history of the organization, we weren't going to be able to meet in person. What were we going to do? And ACB really came together with our ACB media folks, uh, with our staff, with our committee, uh, convention committee. And we were able over in three months, in 90 days, to put together a virtual convention that featured, you know, eight days of 12 hours a day of programming with over 100 breakout sessions, with general session, with primetime shows, with audio described tours, with a virtual exhibit hall. And little did we know what would happen out of that, but we had twice as many people show up for our virtual convention as we had shown up for the convention in Rochester the year before. So, it really showed us what we were capable of doing as an organization. And not only did we do that with a convention, we did it with the community. Cindy Hollis came to Eric and I and said, people are isolated. They don't have anybody to talk to. We're all sitting at home. Could we start offering just a few community, let's call them community events, but Zoom calls where people could get together and share their stories and their fears and their concerns. And we had a couple of coffee hours the first week and a let's get, uh, let's talk sports call and a few other events. And who knew that the community would go for it, would take that chance. And now a year and a half later, here we sit with, an average of 400 community events each week covering all kinds of topics from coffee hours to exercise classes to support groups for AA and widows and divorcees and technology seminars. And it's just amazing, guys. Thank you. It's, a, it's just a wonderful expression of what our organization can do if we put our mind to it. So, that's the G in Gumby. Go for it. Take a chance. You never know what you're going to be able to accomplish. And the U in Gumby is is united for unexpected results. You never know if you work with others, if you put unity into your vocabulary, what you can accomplish. And I was so proud as I listened to your all's convention today that you were talking with partners. 
you had d- Democracy Live, you had Spectrum Charter there, you had Vanda Pharmaceuticals, and you had NFB of New York, and you're working together. And ACB was able to pull some of that same magic off this year where we had our first ever fireside chat where we involved different leaders from out across the blindness field and we worked together to see what we had in common and what we could partner with. And so those opportunities are there and I'm so proud of ACB NY for taking an opportunity to explore those. They may be difficult. We may not always agree. But if we can work together, just think how much of a stronger voice we can be for the blind and low vision community. And I had a similar example in my pizza restaurant. I'm sitting here, I'm working, I'm doing my pizza. Well, you get to know your customers. You get to, you, you, you build relationships inside of your community. Well, one of the first customers I had at DG's Pizza was Marianne Swiggerath and her two children, Carla and Matt, and her husband, Jim. We served soft serve ice cream, and they would come in about three or four nights a week and get four cones of soft serve ice cream. I have to admit that occasionally I snuck a cone of soft serve ice cream myself. It was pretty good stuff. Uh, And as Mary and I, Ann and I started to speak and talk, you know, she understood that I kind of liked sports and I was involved. I knew, I knew the, you know, the high school teams in the area and all that. And so she was the editor for the West Orange Times, which was a small weekly newspaper that came out once a week in West Orange County uh, outside of Orlando and kind of shared the little league stories and the Pop Warner football and, you know, what was going on in the, in the community. But they, they needed a, a sports reporter. And so she said, Dan, would you consider being our sports reporter as a part-time job? So I said, sure. So here I am running the pizza place. And then on, you know, on the weekends and when I had a chance, I would go and cover the high school sports, you know, high school sporting events with my little cassette recorder to take notes and a sighted guide to help it kind of explain to me what was going on to, you know, to get me the, the lowdown on the games. I interview the players and the coaches and I'd write articles. Well, then a couple of years later, along came the Orlando Magic in 1989. And they invited all the, the media in Orange County and the surrounding areas to participate with the Orlando Magic. So Marianne said, Dan, how would you like to be our beat reporter for the Orlando Magic? I said, oh my God, I'd love it. So here I am, you know, in my 20s, and I am now the beat reporter for the West Orange Times, which meant I got a press credential on the floor at the Orlando Magic Games, back in the locker room, you know, pregame meals, all this stuff. So here I am as a, as a blind guy, and I'm, I'm now a press reporter for the West Orange Times covering the Orlando Magic. The next year, the Magic signed Shaquille O'Neal. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm talking to Shaq. I'm talking to Phil Jackson from the Chicago Bulls. And I'm talking to Kevin McHale from the Boston Celtics. And I'm like, 
this is like a dream come through, true. And I'm writing stories about the Orlando Magic. And, uh, and then two years later, the Magic make it to the NBA Finals. And there we are. I'm, you know, I'm down on press row with all these uh, you know, big-time uh, reporters from all over the country. And here I am, part-time reporter, blind guy from the West Orange Times. So you never know where life will take you uh, if you just kind of develop those relationships. So. Anyway, personal story, but I always think it's funny where, where life will take you. And then the M in Gumby is for Magic Moments and Macarena. And Rick's probably laughing because he's heard this story before. But Macarena, what in the world's Macarena, Spoon? Well, Macarena is how I met my lovely wife, Leslie Spoon, who was Leslie Stone at the time. We were at a Foundation Fighting Blindness Convention in Washington, D.C., and we were taking, there was a dinner cruise down the Potomac River, and so I was all by myself. I'd flown up from Orlando to attend the the Foundation Fighting Blindness Convention, Uh, first time I'd ever been to any convention dealing with, with blindness. And uh, we're on this dinner cruise. And then here come two sisters bopping in. They were a little late from Las Vegas. And they ended up sitting a couple of seats uh, over from me. And it's funny, the couple that sat between uh, the two sisters and myself was Vicki and Jim Kennedy, who are now proud uh, ACB members of the Hawaii Association of the Blind. And we got to see them in person just a couple of years ago when we went to Honolulu. But uh, Jim and, 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 and um, Vicky were sitting there talking to me. And then uh, Leslie's sister, Anita, had to go to the restroom. So Jim and Vicky kind of escorted Anita to the restaurant, uh, restroom. And I slid over and started talking to Leslie. And the Macarena came on the dance floor. And she said, you want to go dance? And I said, oh, I don't really dance. And she said, well, it's the Macarena. I'll teach you. And so I don't know if you all guys remember the Macarena if you're old enough, but there I was out on the dance floor making a fool out of myself, trying to learn the Macarena. And Leslie did her best to teach me. And so, you know, from that, we kind of got to know each other that weekend. And we went on our first date in Washington, D.C., and we went and saw the monuments and we went and saw the Lincoln Memorial and the Vietnam Memorial uh, with Anita and Leslie and I. And I said, let's go down to Georgetown and have a drink. So we went down to Georgetown and we, uh, you know, we, we, we ended up at this, at this bar and then out on the, out on the dock right there by the river with all these houseboats. And we get to the end of the dock, and all of a sudden, Leslie's sister, Anita, says, I really need to go to the restroom. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know where a restroom is around here. So I walked back a few feet to a woman that was sitting on her houseboat. I said, ma'am, would it be okay if we borrowed your restroom? And she said, sure, come on aboard. So the three of us came aboard, used, she, Anita used their restroom. They, she said, would you all like to stay and enjoy the evening with us? We said, sure. So we ended up on the second deck of this houseboat, eating crab cakes, drinking wine, and talking to about one in the morning. And so that was a pretty amazing first date, don't you think? <laughs> and so 
From that, Leslie and I kind of uh, continued to talk to each other and flew back and forth from Las Vegas to Orlando. And then uh, a year later, she moved down to Orlando and we got married. So the Macarena always means a lot to me. And the M to me for, for ACB, the magic moment that I like to think about is what's happened to us with audio description. So for somebody that had an opportunity to be the chair of the audio description project, uh, thanks to Kim Charlson back in 2013 till about 2019, is it's amazing to see how ACB's advocacy has really made a difference when it comes to audio description. And what really brought that home to me was this year at our convention in 2021, when on Monday night during our primetime show, we had the eight largest streaming services in the world, their directors of accessibility and vice presidents sat down with Carl Richardson, our co-chair of the audio description project, and talked to us about audio description with their streaming services for two hours. And we are talking about Netflix, Amazon, Apple, HBO, AT&T, Comcast, Universal NBC, Viacom, CBS. And it was absolutely HBO. It was absolutely amazing to see those eight leaders in a primetime video recorded show with us for two hours talking about audio description. And now we see how that relationship continues to build as this year on November 18th at 7.30, we're going to host our first audio description awards gala, which is going to be professionally produced by an Oscar winning producer. And it's going to, you know, uh, feature some amazing stars. Uh, it's got involvement again from, from Netflix, from Apple, from Comcast, NBC. Thomas Reed, one of our own members, is going to co-host it. And I please stay tuned. I think it just shows the value that ACB can bring to our members. Isn't it amazing that a project we started 10, 12 years ago has now risen to this level inside of the industry. So uh, thank you to everybody related to audio description for all their hard work. Shout out to Satana Howery, uh, you know, who's been a member of our audio description project steering committee for a number of years. And I think Clark mentioned the other day, you can catch her right now on Netflix as she audio described all of the Seinfeld episodes that have been released. So Amazing contributions from ACBNY, but isn't it really exciting to see what ACB can do when we put our minds to it? The B in Gumby, the B in Gumby to me stands for blast off blind bats and buffalo. (laughs) We've got somebody uh, making good use of their uh, voiceover in Siri capabilities. (laughs) All right. Could you try again? (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, 
So blast off blind bats and buffets. So what does that mean? Blast off. So, you know, I live down here in Orlando, Florida, have grown up down here. And in Orlando, you spend a lot of time hearing about Cape Kennedy and NASA and the space program. My brother-in-law spent his career working for NASA and it's only 50 miles from the coast and we can hear the rockets when they take off. And, you know, so it, we're right here in the middle of all the action. And so counting down and blasting off is something we're very used to uh, in our area here. And I really feel like what makes a good what makes a good law, uh, launch, right? What, what makes it all happen? And it's, and it's really where preparation and hard work all comes together at the same time. And so I really f- see this coming together right now for the American Council of the Blind with our Get Up and Get Moving campaign. And personally, this is something that's very, very important to me. I know... Uh, you know, what is really important, important uh, as part of the Get Up and Get Moving campaign is to really stay fit, to exercise. And, and the relationships we've been able to build here over the last several years with Achilles, with the Peloton, now with Planet Fitness, uh, working to get exercise equipment accessible and everybody getting to understand that we all need to get up and get moving and be physically fit and be out there in our community and making a difference. And the work we're doing on the advocacy side, again, as somebody who has a heart condition, it's very important to me to see where we are lacking in durable medical equipment. Uh, when I had to have a monitor for three weeks to see how my heart was doing, it should have been so easy for it to be totally accessible. It was a monitor, a little remote control that sat on my chest, and then it fed the results to a, uh, to a smartphone, which then fed the results to a data center in Dallas, Texas. All it needed to have was for that cell phone, that smartphone, to be accessible, but it wasn't. It, it, it had no voiceover on it. It had no way for me to read the results, to identify any issues that I was having. It was not accessible for me as a blind person, but it could have been so easily. And we know it's there, right? We know the technology exists. Same thing with the continuous glucose monitors. We know the technology is there. We know they should be able to talk to us. And on and on and on, the real challenge for us in the 21st century is to have accessible, fully accessible healthcare. It's key to our health and wellness. And so I'm so proud of the efforts that American Council of Blind is putting forward in this area to really work toward not only improving our health and getting our own energy and getting us up and moving, but to make a difference with advocacy and to really work through legislation to public relations to whatever it takes to building those partnerships out there so we really do get to truly accessible healthcare. And personally, I also wanted to share, I got to have a little fun with all this stuff, right? If you're Gumby. 
So blind bats, what the heck is the blind bats? Well, Leslie and I go to this local bar uh, called the Vaney's. We've been going for like 20 plus years. It's the neighborhood bar that's right at the end of our, of our subdivision. And it's a sports bar. And they're always playing fantasy sports, right? So when we first showed up 22 years ago, blind couple walking into the bar, they were really nice to see us and they were very friendly and they were very helpful. But then, you know, a few weeks later, it was time for baseball season to start and they were having fantasy baseball teams. And so I loved baseball and I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be part of the league. So I asked the owner if I could be part of the league. And he said, well, Dan, you know, this is for people who really understand baseball and are very experienced. And, you know, I I might be too much of a challenge for you, uh, but, you know, um, come on up if you get a chance. And, uh, you know, if somebody can't make it, maybe we'll be able to put you in one of the leagues. Well, Leslie and I went up uh, the next day, you know, all prepared. We'd done our homework. We'd done our research. Well, sure enough, somebody didn't show up. So Carmen said, "Uh, Dan and Leslie, you're welcome to join the league. What's your team name going to be? So we said, we're the Blind Bats. And okay, so the Blind Bats are in the league. Well, you know, we were a little worried that first time we drafted because if you draft a player that's already been drafted, you have to buy everybody in the league around a beer. So we were a little worried about that, but we made it through. We got our team and the blind bats did really good that first year. In fact, we won the league. And from that point on, for the last 22 years, when we've walked into Devaney's, when we walk in the front door, everybody yells, Blind bats are in the house. And so that's just kind of become our nickname now. We're the blind bats and they've shortened it. So they just say the bats are in the house. So we were up there a few weeks ago and they had a new waitress and we walked in, sat down at the table and everybody yelled, bats are in the house. And so the waitress came over and she started apologizing. She said, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe how cruel these people are being to you all. Is there anything I can do? And we just started laughing and said, guys, it's, it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're, we're the blind bats. Everybody knows us. We're fine. Don't worry about it. But she thought we were being insulted. But so, you know, just that little ability to be kind of prepared, do your homework and be able to come through and perform, uh, you know, it, it gives you credibility, it adds value and it really, uh, you know, now we're kind of part of the social, social fabric of, uh, um, you know, of the Devaney sports pub. We've been to weddings and funerals and, you know, we, we know, uh, those folks really well. And, uh, it's kind of fun uh, to be an integrated part of the community. And then Buffett, I have to tell my Jimmy Buffett story. So going up, growing up in Florida and uh, going to the University of Florida every year, Jimmy Buffett would come and play a free concert on the North Lawn. And we'd take our blankets and our coolers and our lawn chairs and sit out there and listen to Jimmy Buffett for two or three hours. Well, my first job I had in the summers when I was going to the University of Florida, I worked at Disney World as a character in the character department. I had to wear sunglasses and put lots of defogger on. And oh, those bear suits were hot as Hades, but it was a lot of fun. So I was out 
at uh, Cinderella's castle doing a forecourt dancing and being in Brer Bear and, and yakking it up. And all of a sudden I got called to go behind the castle for a special event. And so I walked back behind the castle and behind the wall and there was Jimmy Buffett and his wife and his little daughter, Savannah and Jimmy Buffett. You're not allowed to talk when you're in a Brer Bear costume, but Jimmy Buffett comes up to me and says, Brer Bear, could my daughter Savannah have your autograph? And I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Jimmy Buffett is asking me for my autograph. <laughs> so, so you never know uh, when you're prepared what's going to happen to you in life. So that's, that's Gumby for me. Go for it. United for unexpected results. Macarena and magic moments. And Buffett, blind bats, and be prepared. You never know. Blast off. Be ready. And then the why in Gumby is for each of you. Because it's only each of you who can make a difference. Who can make a difference in community, can make a difference in your family, can make a difference in your local chapter can make a difference with ACB of New York, can make a difference with the American Council of the Blind. We need your help. We value you. Together, we can make a difference. So please, stay involved. Do whatever you can. And we love you. Thank you for being part of our family. And, and we all love you. And um, we are so happy you came through your surgery and you were able to be with us today. Um, we've been trying this for two years. This is the second year that we tried to get Dan here in person. So everybody <laughs> knows that when the convention was scheduled for 2020 and we had to cancel, um, you know, our hearts were broken. Of course, we had to move along with the times and the issues that we were all facing. But when Ian and I had talked about this convention, there was absolutely no doubt in our mind that we had still wanted you to be the presenter uh, at the banquet, Dan. We all respect you and adore the work you're doing. We're proud of the work that ACB is doing. And for ACB New York, we're trying to follow the footsteps that you set forth for all of us. So thank you again for joining us. Well, thank you, Karen. Well, we'll eventually get there. You know, uh, we were invited several years ago and Hurricane Sandy happened. <laughs> so we're, 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 these disasters are getting in our way, but we're going to get together. I know we are. <laughs> I, I, I think we will at some point, too. If not, we'll all certainly see each other at National. But um, I think the folks in New York would, would love to be able to give you a real welcome uh, here, uh, you know, but for the time being, we have to settle for virtual and we just, we all thank God that you are, you know, recovering and doing well and you're going to be able to travel soon. So on behalf of all of ACP New York, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Yay. All right. So what's left guys? What do we have left to do? Door prizes. Door prizes. You know, that's the expect the unexpected, because I didn't know about that. 
So, Mr. Foley, where are you? I am right here. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's what's cool, right? You got two I people on microphones. Here. So everything's coming through the speakers. And you got a blind guy telling a blind lady right here. And I'm hearing it in surround sound. Your other loved. Okay, we're going to do things a little different this year. We don't have tickets. So before we close out the convention, we do have to give away a couple door prizes. Not many. You know, COVID affected our supply chain here. So um, we're going we're gonna to do a trivia question and, and see who, whoever shouts out the answer first is, is going to get a, a wallet uh, change purse donated, I believe, by Carleen Fiorello. So in ACB New York, how many chapters and special interest affiliates are there in total? Say your name before you blurt out the answer. Bob White oh. said 10. Gene, I have to look to you because Gene's counting. <laughs> don't forget the Braille, the Braille Revival. Don't forget Braille. <laughs> our, our newest affiliate, the Braille Revival, President Audrey Shading, such a wonderful woman. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to pick a different question. That one just got blown. All right, okay, that's not going to work. All right, I'm going to think of a number, and I'm going to whisper it to Ian. We're going to go between 1 and 50, okay? I'm going to whisper it to Ian so you all can't hear, so you know I'm not making this up. All right, start yelling out numbers. 29. Who said 23? I believe that was Rodney. Rodney, where are you? Keep talking to me. Okay, <laughs> excellent. 23, that is the date of my birthday. Okay. Now, let's see. If you see. can guess the year. <laughs> no, we're not going to guess the year. Where are you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have, we have another one of these change purses. Now, I am going to think of another number. Yes. Okay, so Bob Wright was actually right on the 10, so I am going to come over to you. No, I'm not, because I'm going to play bumper people. So Bob White was white? He uh, was right about the... You know, cut me some slack, folks. Really, I'm not sick. Where are you, Bob? He's white over there. Uh, yeah, I know. So for folks on Zoom, this is fun. The blind lady's playing bumper chairs. Come on, it's fun. Come really. on, blind Ben. There you go. We're, keep talking. There you go. I hear Bob's mouth now. There we go. There's a two. Now, Ian, you got to talk to me to get me back there. Man, this is awesome. This is this is honestly this is more fun than playing bumper cars when I was a kid. Does everybody remember bumper cars? You know, amusement parks you drive around bump into people. You know, this this is me right now. Where are you? All right. The last door prize is a Bath and Body Works fragrance called Sea Island Cotton. Sea Island Cotton. Okay, so I got to think of a fair way to do this because we do have people. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Let me let me think of how I got to got to think of something good here. Okay. 
my kids, my two youngest children were at the convention this year. The first person to give me their both of their names. <laughs> I think I heard Kathy Lyons. Lyons. <laughs> I suppose that one was probably unfair, but I'm running out of options, guys. Where am I right? Just hand this to her. I, I'm done. I'm done playing bumper cars, guys. All right. You're welcome. Where are you? All right. So couple door prizes handed out. Sorry, virtual people. I guess that falls under the category of, sorry. Virtual door prizes. That is something we're definitely going to have to look at in the future. Gives a new meaning to AirPods. <laughs> so 2021, you know, last year, 2020, we had to go virtual. We really had no choice. This year, when the Western New York chapter was talking about doing it in person, I got to tell you, I was the first one who was a little apprehensive. I was nervous. I was thinking, oh, how many of us are going to be vaccinated? How many of us are going to feel that it's safe? How are we going to do this in a way to keep everybody healthy? And what we, what we did learn from 2020 is that the virtual component technology, ACB radio, it has brought just such a new element to everything we do as an organization. We have people attending convention that wouldn't normally do it. We have people that for health reasons cannot be here, financial situations, and any a hundred different situations why people can't be here. I'm so proud that we were able to do this in a hybrid setting. This is the first one ACB New York has ever done in a hybrid type situation. Were there issues? Of course there were. Were there technology glitches? Of course there were. Were there challenges uh, trying to figure out how to get everything to work in sync, both in person and uh, using Zoom. But overall, I am so grateful that we were able to bring this convention to all of you in a hybrid setting. I don't think moving forward we have much choice but to continue on in hybrid type situations when we can. Um, obviously, as, a, as your president, I, I can never commit to anything, but being a person and a blind person in New York, I don't really see where we have a lot of options. I want to thank Tyson for putting up with me for this entire weekend. He's had more technology problems than I can even tell you guys about. Uh, beginning with the very first business meeting and issues and problems with someone identifying people who wanted to speak and to no fault of Tyson's. We worked through some challenges and, and figured things out, but it was him and his technology skills that truthfully made this convention work in a hybrid setting. So because of Tyson, I'd like to hear a huge applause. Tyson, from the bottom of my heart, I cannot thank you enough 
for everything you did. And um, but I'm I'm serious with all the technology glitches where the hotel staff didn't even know what was wrong. Tyson was able to figure it out. Uh, I've never seen somebody so dedicated to a convention to make it work the way I just saw this man work this weekend. ACB Radio, I thank you for allowing us to do this, but I hope you know what an asset and benefit you have with having Tyson working with all of us. I want to thank the Western New York chapter for hosting the convention. Ian has worked tire, tirelessly, hours and hours on sponsors and getting the menu right and getting the rooms right and just getting everything right. Um, I had promised him when we talked about doing, because of course I am a member of Western New York as well. And I had promised him, don't worry, I got you. I got you, Ian, don't worry. Well, you know, sometimes the world turns and stuff kind of happens and there's that unexpected thing. And I had some very personal tragedies that happened in my life. And without questioning it, without pushing, Ian stepped up and did absolutely everything that needed to be done when I just couldn't focus on anything but my own grief. And for that, as an organization, we owe Ian a huge thank you. And you did a fabulous job. And for those who don't know, this was Ian's first convention as a, as a co-chair or even being involved in any part of it. So without knowing a thing, he stepped up and made this convention happen. So from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. Thank you. To ACB Radio. Media, excuse me. AC See, I just got spanked by Jane Mann. You know, the three people in the organization that keep me in line, Carlene Fiorello, Jean Mann, and of course, and of course, Ann Parsons. Um, was that Nancy? I thought that was you. Oh, it was both. It was both. It was Jean Mann and Nancy Murray. Gotcha. To ACB Media. Rick and Cecily and everybody on the team that worked. And I please forgive me if I'm leaving somebody out because I'm not on Tyson's end uh, to know everybody who's, who's helping with the operations. We thank you. Hybrid, we know, is not easy under the best of circumstances. And with the technology uh, issues and glitches we've had, we just want to thank you for your patience and everything you did to enable us to have this hybrid. So one more round of applause, please, for ACB Media. At this point, um, this is Karen Blackwood. I am the American Council of the Blind of New York State President. I want to thank everybody for attending the 2021 State Convention. Everybody stay safe and healthy.